hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex and this is Rob. Hello folks. And this is episode 226 now, Rob, and we are recording for the fastidious amongst you on the 20th of November, Rob, and we were just discussing off air that Christmas is fast approaching. It really is, yeah. It's scary. The Christmas tree, well, we went and actually bought a new Christmas You haven't bought a Christmas tree already. Yeah, we had to. Why? Because the cats destroyed the last one, so it was so last weekend. So they'll destroy this one. Well, yeah. Did you buy a new? Did you buy a, a, a real one? No, no. Don't be daft. They'll kill it. I mean, why don't they destroy this fake one? Yeah, there's a good chance of that. But last year it took them. Well, last time it took them at least three years to destroy it. So we've got a good three years use out of it. What kind of cats are these? Well, it used to be the case that Moo would scratch the bottom, and Nibble used to do it. It doesn't do it as much anymore. He used to climb up the middle of the tree. If there's anybody living in Croydon who has an interest in cats, you could do Rob a favour. <laughs> Harsh, Alex. We don't know. Yeah, I know. We don't know that they. We don't know that the Croydon cat killer actually lives in Croydon. To no, know. but I mean, this is it's becoming his uh, his. I say, I say his plight, but his um, killing spree is becoming more and more prolific. On that, I'm actually not going to talk about it this week. I was just going to say, yeah, he struck again. I mean, I can't. It's too much to keep going into. I have got a story. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah good. Um, are we just are we just jumping time. straight into this then, Rob? Yeah, I think so. I've right. got I've got a lot. Gone, and you got the news before we start. Yes, yeah, so I got an email from Shay. Um, Shay in. No, I know. Oh, Bristol. Right. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, because okay. I read out... I don't remember when I was doing this on my lonesome, I read out a lot of stories from Shay. Yeah, and obviously featured the Bristol fucking post. The Bristol fucking post, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Shay writes, Hi, guys, and no, I'm not a musician, as the heading states, because the heading of the email was blow my own trumpet. I mean, I must admit, Shay, when I saw that in your email, I thought it meant something didn't, completely different. Didn't he send another email with that as a heading? No. He done. I don't know. Possible. Maybe he heads all of his emails like that to whoever he sends them to. Possibly, possibly. Um, nothing as parties, fair lips, but food in the old dentist's hand. Okay, that was there was this one time, but anyone can make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's that in reference to? The trumpet? I assume so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully so. Um, now, I really this hope goes... he's not blowing his own trumpet. Let me try and remember. So... Get back problems trying that, Shay, really badly. Yeah, I, isn't there a rumour that Prince had a rib taken out? I think it's another. I don't myth, think we should besmirch the dead, Rob. I, you can't libel the dead, so that's fine. No, no, let's, let's not go there. <laughs> okay. Um, so this goes back to what you suggested his career was, because you remember you said he worked in a shoe shop. Oh yeah. Um, so, so what I do? Well, I'm a qualified adult and children's nurse, and sorry to say, Rob, I've just left the NHS to work in the private sector, and it's great. Any thoughts, Alex? <laughs> Really? I'm just pleased to hear that so many of our listeners are conscientious people. Yeah, that's true, actually. You know, we've got a manager of an abattoir out there. We've got charity workers. <laughs> charity workers. You know. Funeral no. parlour directors. Nurses have gone to the dark side. Yeah. Um, hope you're well. Sorry to hear of your loss. And it's third memories of when I lost them very close to me. So thank you for Shay. Uh, it makes me smile to think of them and the good times. Well, you're bloody fucking... Uh, <laughs> sorry. Well, you're married, a bloody fucking idiot. Which is a bit, a bit harsh. No, he's right. Okay. Um, no, seriously, congratulations. I'm sure you'll have a wonderful future. Just to say, yes, dear, no, dear, in all the right places. And then he gives us four stories to choose from. However, I have to say, uh, say Shay, I'm going to hold off the stories because I've got one that I really want to do from another list. You will pick on that and pick those up. In the coming weeks, yes. Anything else? Uh, no. But we've got a lot of... Oh, co- one yes. small thing. I was walking around Soho and uh, saw the art of um, Face of Strange. Ah, yeah. Okay. There's a few, a few of his images. But I think whereabouts? Because I'm in Soho a lot. Not for that reason that I have a work reason <laughs> I have to go there for. Yeah, that. they've cleaned up Soho a lot these this year. It's, it's a real shame. Um, Where? One was oh god, 
And how did you know it was him? Because it has a name on it. So did one was on like a... Any local anaesthetic stickers? No, I did look, see if there was That's any. a shame. Yeah, I know, I was quite, I was quite um, upset by Face that. of Strange, put us up in Soho. There was one on a wall, quite a big one on the wall, um, at the bottom of Carnage. If you walk down Carnage Street, turn left, and it's on the road down there. And then there's another one on, I think it was a post box. Are they oh, posters or are they? No, they're like little, they're little, little images. One, the one I the well, actually like stenciled like onto the wall. Yeah, like, it's like, like a like a Banksy style. Yeah, it's kind of like a more like um, uh, not a mural, but like if you can think like a wallpaper, like you would do with an advert. You know, you actually like plaster onto the wall. Oh, so, I understand. Yeah, amazing. By the way, really nice. We should all, should we also say as well um, that we did hear from Jennifer and Jennifer in Seattle who's been unwell of late and we do want to wish her well absolutely yeah Jennifer thank you for your email obviously we did, we did expre- uh, express some concerns we hadn't heard from you but then we, we heard from uh, her quite um, soon after the recording of the last episode but she is well she's continuing with this and I think it's an incredible endeavour that she's continuing um, the spreadsheet yeah and uh, thank you thing is you don't know Rob that when we eventually get this spreadsheet it might just be a spreadsheet with every cell in it with the words "all work and no play" makes Jennifer <laughs> makes Jennifer a dull girl. I mean, it, it might be real. Jack, it might be real Jack Torrance and The Shining stuff. I just hope, in some ways, I don't know why, but I can just imagine it would be a spreadsheet. We open it up, and then the cells all been blocked out, and it just says "fuck you" in big letters. I'd love that, Jennifer. I'd genuinely love that. Yeah. Your podcast shit. <laughs> yeah, Rob, <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of content to get through this week, and I mean a lot. I mean, I've got a lot. You've got a lot. So we're going to have to be judicious in what we well, what we choose because okay. we, we can Fair always enough. roll over some information. True. True. Um, Rob, I really don't know what to pick from here. I'm, <laughs> I'm really stuck. Okay, let's start with this story from the new shopper, which is fairly current. Um, it's by Jim Palmer. Of course it is. Who is now, Rob, not leisure editor. Really? It says now, Jim Palmer, who we haven't heard of for a long time, editor, stroke head of content. Fuck off. Let's give him a clap. Congratulations, Jim. I bet he's still rocking those Hawaiian shirts and the beat-up sports car. Of course he is, absolutely. 14th of November... Um, and the headline is Cockroaches Take Over Booth Court Tower Block, say residents. Right, okay. Residents terrorised by cockroaches say they've been forced out of their apartments because the building belongs to the bugs now. <laughs> People living in Booth Court in Lewisham say they have seen the tower fall to the roaches over the course of a year and said the tower owners did not treat the problem before it became too extreme. I hope Jim Palmer hasn't gone the wrong, wrong, wrong stick and they said... The the, the the tower block is just littered with roaches and he thought they meant cockroaches what they actually meant was the uh, the roach end of a spliff oh I thought you meant something else I thought maybe it was a drug term for you know foreign nationals yeah. well uh, not that I've ever heard Robert I don't know where you picked that up from uh, the new shopper people live in booth yeah so anyway Ma- Marvely Campbell lives in one of the flats and said she and her two and a half year old son couldn't sleep in their home because they couldn't rob deal with the cockroaches anymore oh, sorry how many cockroaches are in their flat she said they she said, they cockroaches have taken over my bedroom and my bathroom. We had to sleep on the floor at a friend's house. When I wake up at night, I see cockroaches run under everything. Holy Eight shit. floors and everybody there is having problems with roaches. Sa- Sanya Doyle said the problem had been going on for a number of months and that the insects even patrol the hallways and lifts. Can there I just was- say, by the way, if, if I was enough living in a flat where that genuinely was that kind of problem, that is... Well, I would find that terrifying. That's horrific. Uh, not, I wouldn't find... It would be, you know, it would be horrendous. I would leave. Yeah. I'd leave. She said, uh, you think they're all gone, but you see them appearing again. They're even in the lift in the hallways. There were two of them outside my door trying to come in. They're literally everywhere in this building. 
I don't know why. I just imagine that they, they like little they're, they're hanging they're, out. They're yeah. smoking in the in the alleyways <laughs> on the on the stairwell. Just on this, Rob. Before I continue this story, do you know they always say, they always say that cockroaches can survive nuclear radiation or nuclear apparently blast. so. Why? Yeah. How? Why and how? I don't know. I, th- I assume it's just something with their DNA that maybe maybe they're, they're, they're just not susceptible to radiation. I don't know. I've no idea. But I thought that they could survive a nuclear blast. I mean, how's that possible? Yeah, you would think, you is know, it, if, it, if houses can be eradicated by a nuclear blast, why Somebody knows the answer to this. If somebody knows the answer, can they email us in? I mean, this is this is a question for Daft Talk if we eventually get around to it. Yeah. <laughs> L&Q, which owns the apartment block, not B&Q, right. said it started a more serious and widespread treatment of the building starting November 11th. An L&Q spokeswoman said contractors suggested to them that the cockroaches were brought in through footfall in and out of the properties and the issue was not to do with the pipes in the tower. Can I just ask, they said, and more serious. Does that mean they've tried things that haven't worked? Yeah, <laughs> they tried a nuclear blast. They, they tried to ask him to leave, but no, they just stayed. Yeah. Anyway, they're, put, they're just putting down some traps, said resident, and checking. But it's more serious than that. If LNQ had done this last year, it wouldn't have gotten to this state. There are cockroaches in the washing machine when I went to open it. Oh, God. We are homeless and they're doing nothing to help. Too fair, if you throw the cockroaches out, they'd be homeless as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> just saying. That's true, Rob. Okay, well, that's that story. So, you know, we, we sympathise with the residents of this tower block and we wish them uh, wish them well in their uh, quest to eradicate themselves of this menace, Rob. That may be the first time we've ever actually w- wished anyone, any subject of the story well. But uh, I think in this case situation, they probably do uh, deserve uh, no, it. No, Rob, that's, not, that's actually not true. Yeah. Um, and I resent that. You're right. Thank you know, very much. Last story here, Rob. I wanted to read this out last time. It's from BBC. No, it's not. It's from the Daily Telegraph. Now, I did check with you whether or not you'd heard this story just by saying to you, did you hear anything about Doctor Who, a story related to Doctor Who? Yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't. It's surprising that you missed it. This is a great story. Okay. I won't read out the headline. It'll give it away. Okay. This story is about Nicholas Pegg, who had worked on the show, Doctor Who, operating the Doctor's most feared nemesis, Daleks, so he was a Dalek operator for okay. 12 years. Right. And he wrote an article in the recent edition of the Doctor Who magazine. Okay? But... Can I say, I am a fan, but I don't read the Doctor Who magazine. <laughs> no, no, I didn't expect you to have heard it from, from there. I oh, you I see. have heard it from the Telegraph. No, or no. Else. But what people... Re- <laughs> okay. It appears that Mr. Pegg had encouraged readers to look for a coded message in his article. Having written in the piece, if you look hard enough, there's always something hidden in plain sight. Well... True enough, there was something hidden. Of course, it's not an allegation, is it? And that was that, uh, basically, um, the starting letters of each sentence in his article, which was called A History of Doctor Who in 100 Objects, spelled a secret message which read, uh, Panini, who published this... The uh, stickers, yeah. yeah. And BBC Worldwide are cunts. (laughs) (laughs) And I've looked at it, and the starting letter of every paragraph does indeed spell out... Panini and BBC Worldwide are cunts, oh, which God, cannot be happened. a coincidence. And it, it, it again, does it give any indication as to what happened? Well, he was. Was he fired? Uh, just just so you can see, Rob, that's it with them all circled, and it does indeed spell out what it says. It spells. Oh, holy shit! Um, that's amazing. While this, his reason for including the message is still unclear, fans of Doctor Who claim that he may have been irritated by the corporation's supposed reluctance to release a DVD of Sharda, an unaired serial of the show filmed between 1979 and 1980. Right. However, a spokesman for BBC Worldwide, which distributes the programme, told The Telegraph that Sharda would be released on DVD and digital download next month. They added the magazine column was raised with the public... 
that was raised with the publisher who has dismissed the writer. It is understood that Mr Pegg will also be not returning to his production role on the show. Daleks on the show are operated by a separate actor while the operator controls their movements. Mr Pegg had previously discussed his role in a BBC promotional video in which he described the challenge of having to navigate the machines with restricted visibility. It looks like a Dalek. It's a testament to what a fantastic piece of design it is that people think it's a Dalek, not a bloke and a piece of plywood. The controversy follows the recent unveiling of Jodie Whittaker as the first female Doctor to star on the show. She replaces Peter Capaldi in the latest series. Can I just ask you that his, his outburst is that, is that, isn't anything to do with that, is it? I've no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rob, you've got a story for us there. Yeah, now there's two things I just want to mention very quickly. I'm not going to go into great detail. Um, please tell me, were you aware of the, the, uh, the US... Um, Navy uh, fighter jets that drew the cock and balls in the in the air. Yes, you were okay. If you haven't seen that, uh, folks, go and, and please look it up. It is incredible. Um, amazingly, they've been grounded uh, for obvious reasons. Well, the uh, U.S. Navy investigate. Now, first of all, um, there has been, as I said at the top, uh, another beheading of an animal. Uh, this is from the Gloucester Live. I'm not going to go into great detail, just to say. Beheaded, beheaded cat found in the street leaves passers-by in tears. Oh, my so God. Really quite bad. And that is in Gloucester. So you can look that up. Now, let's get into the crux of my main stories. Let's start with this one. So this is from... Now, I saw this on Twitter. Great story. This is from the Daily Record, which I believe is, is, is Scottish, I feel. I'm yeah, sure I think it is. Yeah. So this is from the 30th of November. So going back a few days. Greg's lover, who splashed out, £3,500 on steak, bacon, iron brew addiction on a savoury snack with ridiculous tattoo. What? <laughs> what was that addiction? He had an iron brew... What's steak, bake? Uh, I mean, it's a Greg's steak, bake. It's one of their staple pasties. I mean, I know you wouldn't know this, but it is. I've never been into Greg's. Yeah, I know. Um, Greg's delicatessen, obviously. According to David Hasselhoff. <laughs> A Greg's, lover, a Greg's lover who was so obsessed with the bakery splashed out more than £3,500 on his past addiction. Just do, not in one go. <laughs> no, 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 no. But then no, what's no. wrong with that? If you accumulate anything we all spend, it would look ridiculous. But every day. What do you mean? I think he said it was yeah, six days a week. A lot of people eat the same thing every day. Yeah. I'm not sure but that's going to be good for you. But what I mean is... Uh, yeah, okay. No. What is it? What is a steak bake? Uh, it's... Um, so it's a, it's a pasty. With, so, you know, it's got... Fill, um, Pastry on one side, pastry on the other, and then uh, like a, a steak. Filling. Is it a steak, Rob? Uh, I mean, reconstituted I dog balls. I, uh, Hang on, sorry, Gregs. Yeah, I, I would say that it's, with it's prime. Retailer. Yeah, it's it's prime steak without a doubt, <laughs> in a delicious gravy sauce. Uh, on his pasta addiction, has immortalised his pasta. Passion. Patsy, passion. Could... what? No, pasta addiction. You did say pasta. No has immortalised his passion for a steak bake by getting one tattooed on his chest. At least I'll be able to see what one looks like now. You will do. Uh, does that actually have a picture? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's got a picture of him eating one. Not the tattoo? Uh, yeah, the tattoo as well. That's what I mean. The tattoo probably Yeah, but the tattoo accurate. doesn't really do any justice, to be honest. Right. <laughs> so, oh, in my money opinion, well spent. Then. I may be wrong. <laughs> Tomlin from Newcastle find himself in the High Street Bakery every man? day for five years. Why would you get it tattooed on you? Where did he get it tattooed? Uh, on his chest. Uh, what the fuck? It's sort of like on the. Uh, is on he his... married? Because you're going to preclude yourself from ever meeting somebody again when you it. strip off and you've got a pasty. I kind of. I'll be surprised if he is. Um, it's kind of on, on near his collarbone. I think that's the best way to put it. Mm. Um, found himself in the Harshwood Bakery every day for five years, picking up a steak bake and bottle of iron brew, which he claims is the perfect pairing. 
after racking up a bill of £3,640. Oh, there we are, the 30... He's 33? Are you fucking kidding me? He's the same age as me? Does he look a lot older or younger? I'll show you. Uh, <laughs> has brought his visits down since he no longer works close to the branch and makes a special weekly trip to pick up his favourite combo. Um, after getting free food from Greg's... <coughs> you right? Is he Scottish? No, he's from Newcastle. Oh, yeah, he said. Um, upon showing his, his, his beloved state tattoo... So he showed up and got a free got free food after he got the tattoo. Tom claims... Can you imagine the workers and him coming in and ripping open his shirt and going, look! <laughs> look! Look at my dedication! Of course they give him free food just to get rid of it's him. Just get store, yeah. Throwing past Absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Tom claims a sausage roll could be on his, on, on his list of body art in order to keep the free food flowing. I'm not sure this is how it works. Do you reckon if you went for like a... Is he going to get the, the sausage roll tattooed on his penis? <laughs> I assume... <laughs> I just like the idea that maybe he's getting like, gets like duck a la orange tattoos and walks into the ivy and go, look at my duck a la orange! <laughs> and I guess it's very good. That's swiftly very good. escorted off the premises. That's very good, Rob. I like that. Uh, I don't know whether the ivy... It's a Big Mac on the left butt cheek. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be fair, I can imagine that maybe we see a lot of people walking and then dropping their trousers. I don't know why. Um, Tom said... Can you ever have McDonald's? Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I do miss... I, 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 maybe I should get McDonald's. Every maybe. time I regret it. It, it's honestly you, wh- why that burger right that Big Mac that is that is proper beef isn't it I mean what's bad for you in a Big Mac it's just some bread some salad and some beef there's only a little bit of sauce you know how they're running this ad campaign the is it, there's a lot of sugar in it is that what it is I think it's a lot of sugar and I think what it is they are, they, yes it is beef and I'm not saying it's the off cuts or anything like this it is mm. beef but I think there's a lot of preservatives and they add a lot of water which means that the, the patty is a lot Sort of right. slimmer. So what happens after you eat one? Because I remember I had... I, I once temped in the city. I worked for Barclays Bank Legal Litigation Department in the head office, which sounds amazing. Never I, knew that. I was basically just entering data into a spreadsheet. Oh. And I regularly used to fall asleep after lunch because my lunchtime routine was I'd come out of the head offices it was in, in the heart of the city of London. Yeah. And I would just literally walk two minutes down the road and fit downstairs in McDonald's and have a Big Mac meal. So just cry by yourself. Now, every day and read uh, a tabloid newspaper. And but you were uh, really living the city lifestyle. <laughs> I really was. And I put on a lot of weight over that period yeah, and I didn't I connect imagine. the two, but also I had a massive come down in the uh, afternoon. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of sugar. Well, there's, there's always that myth from McDonald's. And again, I'm not going to start this purchasing, but apparently. You just did, because you saw a myth. Yeah, okay. A l- alleged myth. Apparently, they put gherkins onto, one of their, onto their Big Mac because otherwise the calorie count justifies it as a dessert and not a savoury meal. Right. I don't but know what could what, what could be making those cal- why don't they just why don't they just cut out the preservatives and just just well, I because mean there's nothing unhealthy about a burger right if yeah, you were to I make it at home the, I think the problem is they try to keep manufacturing costs down Weak, right well uh, Rob you're on your own on this I uh, I, I say that that I disagree with everything you uh, said I, I, I take all my knowledge from the, the from the film supersize me uh, but I have to say whenever I've had McDonald's it, it does work like a laxative really yeah. Because it, I think because it's got so little nutritional value, I think the body just wants to get it through as quickly as possible. We're never going to be sponsored by it. <laughs> we, we were Too that. Fair. We, we weren't were going. That, well, look, mate, I've got the fucking Hamburglar tattooed on my back. Now what? And that, and that was because I was going to turn up to McDonald's head office, strip off and say, sponsor my show. And now, now what? Do you, think kids even know who, words. do you think kids even know who the Hamburglar is no. anymore? <laughs> no. You've got a tattoo that's gone out with the 80s. Yeah. Anyway, back to Tom. Tom said, anyone who knows me knows I have an unhealthy obsession with all things Greg's. What's not to love about steak bait? It's basically a meal and a tiny little, a tiny neat little package you can carry in your pocket. 
I wouldn't put a past in your pocket. Okay, I need to see what a steak bake looks oh, like. Uh, hang on. No, 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 let me look okay. up what a steak bake is. Just like fine wines, um, just like pairing fine wines with any food, any true Greg's connoisseur knows that the perfect pairing for any Greg's pasty is a bowl of cold iron brew. The Geordies may be responsible for Greg's, but hats off to the Scots. It looks like a past, it looks it looks like dog food in a in a in a, uh, in, a, <laughs> in a in a you know in puff pastry. It looks very nice. Well, yeah, okay. It's warm, right? Please tell me. Yeah, it's it warm. is. Of course, it's warm. Yeah. Do you want to see a picture of Tom eating his steak bake? Uh, I can I look at it here. I've got it here. You got it. Metro. Tom Owen, yeah. Sorry. How old did you say this man was? He's my age. He's thirty-three. Right. So this man looks what, early fifties. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, quite easily. Like, you need to lay off the Greg's mate. Honestly. <laughs> Fucking hell! It's like. The tattoo is ridiculous. That looks like a shell. Yes, it looks like a conch. Agree. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It does. And then he's got the uh, the the slogan beneath it: "Greg's life." <laughs> How can this man be 33? Because he's to a, be fair, he has got a lot of other tattoos. So it kind of you know he has eaten. I mean, he's eaten Greg's. Well, not as much these days, but he did eat Greg's solidly for five years. Let's look up steak baked calories. Uh, It's packed, Rob, with diced cuts of prime beef in a rich and tasty gravy. As I said. That was a lucky guess. Per portion, 405 calories. Okay, so it's probably about the same as like a... Now let's look up a Big Mac. Greg's versus McDonald's showdown. I think that would be about 800 calories, I think. I think their, their big tasty was, like, was about 1,000 calories. Or something like that. Ah, there we go. McDonald's are going to tell me themselves. Yeah. So they will be the most trustworthy source. They had to, let's they... view the nutritional summary. <laughs> You realize they have to, if you realise... To be fair, 508. Okay. Right, so it's, so it's about the equivalent of Big Mac. Carbohydrates of which sugar... I mean, what is sugar doing in there? There's nine grams of yeah, sugar. don't ask. Your ingredients. Why are we doing this? Hang on. The patty is 100% pure beef. Okay. No additives, no fillers, binders, preservatives, or flavour enhancers. Just pure, four-quarter and flank... Which I presume is a bit of beef. That's not a, a little salt and pepper. So, no. The beef patty, I'll tell you what it is. It's probably that bun. It's probably the bun. Lettuce it's a... is 100% iceberg lettuce. It's the, the Big Mac sauce is not too bad. I've made it myself. The cheddar seed slice, which it does say in brackets, is processed. Yeah. So you wonder how the fuck is that coming out to that? It doesn't look... If you look at those ingredients, there's nothing really bad there. There's not one E number, Rob. Alex, you need to let this go. I'm hungry. <laughs> Also, get the fucking tattoo removed. Right, my next story. So, it's from the Essex Live. Headline. Uh, well, what's the date on it? The 16th of November. <laughs> Romford Honeowner has front lawn stolen by brazen daylight thieves. Sorry, front garden? Front lawn, yeah. How do you steal the front lawn? <laughs> Is it AstroTurf? They rip it up. It's, it's... Do you remember when Alan Parks did that, that fantastic... Uh, not Alan Parks, Andy Parks... Remember who really got, he got the... Um, Whatever happened to Andy? Oh, no. He's down on the south coast, isn't he? He's in Brighton. What happened to the other guy? The guy who sold all his possessions to cash converters? Oh, fuck. What was him called? What was it? him called? What was he called? I can't remember, but we looked him up once and he'd become editor of another local paper, hadn't he? Possibly. I can't ah. remember his name. Nor can I. A what were we saying the... about Andy Parks? Oh, do you, when he did that, that blatant advert for the... Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. For the Astro he's, he's, he's done a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, with his partner. Uh, a flabbergasted homeowner in Romford was shocked to find thieves have stolen her front lawn in Can you imagine turning out, getting home when your front lawn's gone? <laughs> I mean, this is Romford. Uh, 
Uh, Judy, uh, Judy Dean uh, well, he noticed the blatant theft of a, of a piece of artificial turf after stepping out yesterday afternoon to go to the shops. It said the glistening evergreen lawn... artificial turf in their front garden? And why? Well, there, she doesn't say why, she's, why it was there. All right. Um, instead of a glistening evergreen lawn, there's now a space with bare sand. The 65-year-old reckons these have taken the £200 piece... Um, that has been uh, been down for about five years between 8am and 3pm, which is quite a large window to be for someone to steal your front well, door. Well, that's when she was out. So. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Judy was brought up in the house off Good Hayes Drive before moving back to the same house when, when her mother died to say... Oh, sorry, said... To say that I was shocked is an understatement. I read about these things going on here and never really suffered, but I suppose times are changing. I was going to put a Christmas tree on the doorstep, but I wonder if it's worth putting, putting no. this out now. No. no, Why would you do that anyway? Yeah, that's weird. That is. Yeah. What do you mean on the doorstep? How are you going to get into the house? Well, <laughs> yeah, not directly in front of the door, obviously. It's not like a bus stop. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Dean had put the lawn down to avoid the hassle of regularly cutting grass that, with her arthritis, was becoming increasingly tedious. Fair enough. She said, my son-in-law used to say to me that someone's going to nick it. I wonder if son-in-law, do you think the son-in-law's nicked the lawn? I mean... She's, if they both think she's literally going to have to nail it down. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Um, I must admit that when I go to bed, I was always looking out the window. And when I got up in the morning, I looked out to see if it was still there. It's getting on and because... So thought, she used to check up on this AstroTurf yeah, anyway. She's like the thing. Every night before going to bed, the last thing you see... Is AstroTurf still there? Yep. yep. See, that's not worth it to me. It's not much of an existence, is it? Well, Checking well, your front lawn Wouldn't still an easy alternative just be to pave it over? Or gravel? Yeah, well, I mean, she's, gravel she's is got your a nice friend. patch of sand there now. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, you know, if she's can got I see, Can I see? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like a homemade sandpit for you. So is, that, so is that other bit AstroTurf? I'm assuming so, yeah. So they nick one of them, but not the other. Do you yeah. think they come back? It looks like a sandpit. It, it looks, looks like for the rest. Yeah. Just yeah. leave it. It looks fine. Yeah. I don't know what the problem is. Um, where are we? Sorry. Yeah, um, I'm getting on. I'd check there to check they haven't buried a body there. But then surely they put the... the Can I say that is the perfect crime? You lift up somebody's astroturf, you bury a body underneath it, you put down the astroturf, and you leave. You're right, because no one's going to think of it, are you? Because it's not, it's not your house, so that's not the obvious place to look. You're right, maybe that's what's happened. Now, um, oh yeah, just going to finish this quote. I'm getting on, because I've got a problem with my knees with arthritis, I thought I would pay and have it done nice. But, you know... You said that already. You can't have uh, nice things. Right, so... My last story, I'm going to ask you, there's a bit of interaction here. So, the story is 71 <laughs> Amazing Things. <laughs> Wake up out of your slumber. Yeah. Right? Oh, all right. That's basically what I mean. Yeah. 71 Amazing Things You May Not Know About Gloucestershire. 71? I haven't yeah. got time not for 50, this. Not 50, not 100, 71. I haven't got time for 71, yeah. Rob. We're going to choose five. Rob, there are, th- there, there are way more than 71 things I don't know about Gloucestershire. Yeah, that, I, I know this, but... This is in fact, a- it would be, I'd be hard-pressed to find 71 things I know about Gloucester. In fact, I'd, it'd be hard-pressed for me to name... Let's ask me if I can name three things I know about Gloucester. I haven't read it. Oh, can you name three things about that, Gloucester? No, that I actually know. Oh, okay. What no, you... I can name one thing. What's that? It's in Gloucestershire. Right. That is literally this is, all I know. This is Do you Gloucestershire, know any other... by the way. So it's the whole county. It's not just Gloucester. Oh, right. So, okay. What's one thing I know about Gloucestershire? It borders... I know this. Okay. What's that place called? Um... <laughs> now, hang on. Hang on. Am I not right in thinking that Gloucestershire is right near Bristol? Yes. Bristol isn't in Gloucestershire, is it? No. Bristol is in... What county is Bristol in? Or don't tell me Bristol's not a county. Bristolshire. Bristolshire. No, that's that's definitely not... What's Bristol in? Well, 
I no, it crosses a few, doesn't it? Does yeah, because it? It, it it's North Somerset. It used to be what's used to above? What's above Gloucestershire? Aren't we going into Hang Wales? On, this territory? is literally just telling you now. Yeah, what's above? No, there's a massive river called the Severn. Yeah, which but border... then it's Wales. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still right. Well, it doesn't border it. There's a river in the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, it does border it. Actually, I think. Yeah, it does. If you go All right, the that's the only thing I know about Gloucestershire. Right. Do you know anything else about Gloucestershire? Quite a lot. I used to, well, because I was born there. Oh, were you? Yeah. Right. Oh, sorry, I didn't realise. So, five, choose a number. You're not wanting to run my new feature. No, here. without a doubt. <laughs> what do you know about local counties? Because we're going to be here all year. County <laughs> talk. <laughs> Again, County. I think that could be in the, the topic of daft talk. Um, right, pick a number from 1 and 71. You can 69. get... 69. 69, okay. Fucking hell, I've just got down for that. Right. Uh, 69 okay the Cheltenham Festival oh, your wrist tired, it, Rob? <laughs> yeah, the Cheltenham Festival cancelled in 2001 due to a mass outbreak of foot and, foot and mouth disease it's said to be the largest British sporting event ever called off fucking hell do you remember uh, foot and mouth yeah that was the thing wasn't it that was to do with cows wasn't it it's was to do with beef yeah. see we've gone full circle <laughs> we really have pick another number uh, 22 22 okay uh, 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 uh. So the mineral spring of Cheltenham that makes it a spa the what? town. The mineral spring yeah. of Cheltenham, which is where you grew up. That's right. Well, I was born in Cheltenham. Uh, the makes it a spa town was first discovered by pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> Are all these facts brilliant? <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Another one? 33. 33. Okay. Oh, I found the spring. Oh. oh, this isn't quite as good. In the loft of the building in the Cheltenham Lansdowne Territory... In the Chel- Cheltenham's Lands... Sorry. In the loft of but the building... That's boring me. 46. 46. Right, okay. The Forster Dean was reserved for royal hunting in the 11th century. I've heard this. It was just a, it was just a royal playground. Pretty much, yeah. Two more, Alex. Five. Five. <laughs> I enjoyed the way you said that. Uh, uh, uh. The Romans had a strong presence in Gloucestershire. The legacy in the county is, is documented in the Crinium Museum in Cirencester. And the last one, make it good. 62. 62, right, okay. And the last fact, the last fact about Gloucestershire is the county spans some 1,025 square miles. So what does it border with? Uh, Oxfordshire. Right. Wiltshire. Right. Herefordshire. Right. And Somerset. Is Herefordshire named after King Herod? Did you say Hertfordshire or Herefordshire? Herefordshire, yeah. How do you know it's not named after Herod? Well, it, it's spelled differently for start. Oh, is it? How's it spelled? Her- well, Hereford, it's H E R E F O R. Oh, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> okay, Rob, uh, my next story is from the News Shopper by Will Not. I will not do it, Andy. I reckon he changed his name because he was sick of selling Andrew Parks. I will not do that. Well, to be fair I would to do him. anything for love, Andy, and the new shopper, but I will not do that. No, it won't do that, isn't it, Meatloaf? Yeah, it won't do that. What was yeah. he talking about? Yeah, I mean, I thought about this many, many nights, to be honest, and the only thing I can come up with is anal sex. <laughs> and then I thought about it a bit more, and <laughs> I have no idea. Um, Dog owner furious after pooch rolls in human poo. Oh, God. A woman was left horrified, Rob, after a dog came out of some park bushes covered in human poo. So not her dog, just a dog. 
Her dog. Oh, her dog. Sorry, right. Jennifer Fraser, 47, Westbury Road, Beckenham. I don't know why they have to give her a full address, pretty much. Say Beckenham. Date of birth. Yeah. No one's maiden name. <laughs> Was walking her... Is it Cavacon dog? Cavachon? I've no idea. C-A-V-A-C-H-O-N. It must be a crossbreed. Cavalier something. Daisy, through Croydon Road Recreation Ground today at noon. Daisy was playing with another dog called Charlie, who Mrs. Fraser was looking after. The happy pups were getting muddy in the grass, and so Mrs. Fraser decided to take them home to keep them clean. But just as they were about to leave Rob, the dog spotted a squirrel. Daisy and Charlie sped off after the squirrel into some bushes near the south gate. Charlie came back, but Daisy, Rob, did not. Miss Fra- Mrs. Fraser tried calling Daisy's name. Eventually, she emerged from the bushes, covered, Rob, in human poo. Do you have a question? <laughs> One question. And I think it's going to be the same question you're about to ask. How does she know? <laughs> I'm really pleased you asked. <laughs> Mrs. Fraser said, It did not smell like dog or fox poo. It smelt human. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> She's a connoisseur of what shit smells like, Rob. Can you imagine her sniffing this thing? It doesn't smell like dog or fox poo. It smelt human. I thought it was... Rob, r- ready? I thought it was curry at first. <laughs> People, oh, Sorry, what was People tend to dump food in the bushes after the fireworks. But as she came closer, I realised what it was. I wanted to cry. All I could think was, how am I going to clean this up? I dropped off Charlie and then took Daisy home and tied her to a tree outside. And Hang on. Tied her to a tree outside and, and hosed her down. <laughs> if she'd been Michael Heseltine, she would have killed her. Yeah, without a doubt. I cut everything off her and then put it all in the bin. Cut it, cut it off her. She sheared him. Sheared her. Why? I think she's a... Gem- if she's got a hose pipe on her, why was, she, why was she cutting it off? Doesn't want any trace of this human shit in her house, Rob. The fact that dogs walk their own shit around the house all day, that's fine. But not human shit, Rob. That's where she draws the line. No, can I just say, what, what she thinks is human shit. Hang on. Let's listen to her. Right. I got a big orange Sainsbury's bag and I put her in it. Then I took her up the stairs and put her into the bath and shampooed her five times. She smells very nice now. She knew she was in trouble. She went to bed afterwards and lay down. Thanks to that selfish person, I've had to order a new collar, a new lead, and a new tag. Hang on. Daisy won't be going for a walk tomorrow. What? No, sorry. I don't... Why was the dog in trouble? The dog doesn't know what he's doing. Miss Fraser was not impressed with the people who went to the loo in the bushes. She said, <laughs> right, okay, if good. the Rex is open, the toilet is open. I don't care how desperate you are. There's no excuse. Daisy, on the other hand, was more upset about having a wash. Miss Fraser said she's sulking because I washed off her new scent. What a strange woman, Rob. Yeah, how did she know it wasn't like a child that got caught short and then, you know, parents had to help them go in the bush? Not saying that that's a justification, but... No, I think that is a justification. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Last story, Rob. Uh, this is from the Northern Echo. Um, where, why did, how did I come across this story? It's a really good question. I have no memory of how I came across this story. It's from the Northern good Echo. Good to know. <laughs> uh, which apparently covers Darlington. Right. By Charlotte <laughs> Bow, who is Darlington reporter. I'll read this story. Again, not pleasant. A man who called his pregnant girlfriend's neighbour a effing dirty Polish star, 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 star oh, has maintained he's not racist right. or offensive after being arrested after a domestic incident in the early hours. Now, I remember I've only read this story once and I struggled to make sense of the details. Right. right so okay. maybe you can help me. Right. Wayne Little, who was destined for this story. Yeah, maybe, without a doubt. 29, had previously never spoken to a family living near his partner's Darlington home. Okay, so he's got a partner who lives in Darlington. And he's never spoken to 
a family who lived near that So he, he, he's never uttered any racist slur up to the right. stage. <laughs> Until police were called over loud bangs and shouts in the street. Right. Little of Cornwall Avenue, confusingly in Darlington, said he drank around nine pints during a meal and evening out with his girlfriend on October 28th. He sounds like a great date. What? Yeah. Nine <laughs> pints. So, no, 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 hang on. That's not normal behaviour. And nobody said it was. When I go out, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> nine pints where you're going, if you go, okay, if you go into the pub with your mates, nine pints, okay, that would fool me because I'm not good with my liquor. But nine pints with a date your girlfriend. What must she be thinking unless she's <laughs> also drinking nine pints? a lot pints. of money as well, isn't it? Nine <laughs> pints before the pair argued and he was locked out of the house. I think you're going to get into an argument with anybody once you've had nine pints. Yes. So he's locked out of the house. Okay. Newton Eycliffe Magistrates Court heard that the victim, who called the police at 12.30am on October 29th, was scared and offended by Little's behaviour. Joanne Hess, prosecuting, said, During police interview, Mr Little said, This is fucking ridiculous. I've done nothing wrong. He said, You can write this in your statement. That fucking Polish star, star, star. Better watch out. When I get out, I tell you, I was pissed up. It was fuck all. It meant fuck all. If he took that as offensive, he's a woman. All said, of course, in a Darlington accent. Oh, let's face it, this guy is obviously a, a complete con. Con? <laughs> Little, who is currently unemployed, pleaded guilty to racially aggravated intentional harassment, which I, I, I read, I think, the first time as international harassment, which would be a great, <laughs> great, 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 great crime. Miss mm. Hess added that the victim said, but do you see how they just stopped telling the story, right? So now we need to try and make sense of what's happened here. Have you worked it out? Because he's locked outside the house. He didn't tell us what happened. He's always got to know... I, well... I envisage that what happened is he got he, obviously him is Mrs. Adnotication. She's she's kicked him out because you know they're both clearly fucking hammered. He's obviously banging on the door to get back in. I'm wondering whether the neighbour had come out. This is meant to be journalism, Rob. It should tell us. Yeah. Miss Hess added that the victim said that he lived in the country for more than a decade and was a British citizen. The fact he was born in Poland should not mean I'm not accepted in this country. Hear, hear. Chairman of the bench, Alistair White, ordered a pre-sentence report from probation officers before he decided how little would be dealt with. A probation officer addressed the court and said, he says he's not racist, never has been and never will be, and this has been blown up out of all proportion. That's not a justification. At 5pm at that day, so now we're going to hear, Rob. He went out for... for at 5pm he went out for this meal. Right. Early bird. And came home with his partner at 12am. So they've been out... That's Rob, not a meal, that's a drinking They've session. been out seven hours... And in that time, he's drunk nine pints, right? So More than one an hour. About 1.2 pints an hour. She got into the house and locked him out. He tried to talk to her. He's adamant that it wasn't how it's been described by the Crown Prosecution Service. So do you see, they keep missing out the important bit. But he's pleaded guilty and he's prepared to accept his punishment. The officer added, he had a few issues, in my opinion. Over, he has a few issues, in my opinion, over what is right and what is wrong. Hence the nine pints. But to his credit, he's looking for work. Hang on. He has a few issues with what was right... Surely that's the definition of a sociopath. <laughs> Mr. White ordered Little to complete 40 hours of unpaid work for the offence, as well as to pay £25 compensation to the victim and £85 victim surcharge. But they never tell you. At no stage do they tell you what exactly happened at the moment she kicked him out. They had two opportunities to, and didn't fill in that missing piece Maybe of information. Maybe it was relevant. Can I just say all the way, I, I actually managed to make up a new word, which is a cant, uh, which was um, a combination of uh, different swear words, Neither of which is going to be repeated on this podcast. I know. I understand what the first one was. What was the second one? I'm not quite sure myself. Okay, Rob. I assume, unless something's changed that I don't know about, it's time for our... 
And in honour of our Dalek operator earlier, listener story of the week. Correct. So this week, now I'm hoping you haven't seen the story, although it has been featured quite a lot in a few uh, national papers. Um, it's from the Metro. It was sent in by Kyber, so thank you, Kyber. And have it's... I always said what Kyber does for a living? I thought I, th- I thought you sold New Age crystals on a market stall. Yeah, but did he ever get back to us? No, I don't think he did. Unless I missed an email. Right, Kyber, let us know. Kyber, because you would have—I don't know if you're a Star Wars fan—but if you watch Rogue One, of course, that all revolved around the Kyber crystal, mm. which is what goes into lightsabers and what ended up powering the Death Star. Yeah. Were you named after that? Because they were in George Lucas's original annotations for his screenplay. Kyber, I'm going. Could have been. I reckon his parents are quite New Age hippies. I'm going to put this out there. I'm not sure that's his real name. Really? And if it's not, Kai, well, I apologise. Okay. Uh, so this is from the 3rd of November. I love this story, by the way. I'm hoping you haven't seen it. Man finds World War II <laughs> bomb, but it's actually... A courgette! Oh, fuck. Do you know I know this? Because I watched Have I Got News For You. Oh, it was on there? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it was, it was featured quite heavily. But I don't know anything more about it. Oh, good. Okay, right. Imagine thinking you've stumbled, stumbled upon an. Unexpl- I think they made the joke. Wow, the um, the Na- <laughs> towards the end, the Nazis really were getting desperate. <laughs> <laughs> Which I liked. Yeah. Imagine thinking you've stumbled upon an unexploded World War Two bomb, only for it to be, in fact, uh, Rob. Oh, we need okay, an episode sorry, title. A humongous courgette. That's right. So you need to make an episode title somewhere. Yeah. Um, Rob, how would you mistake? A courgette for a World War Two bomb. Well, I can kind of... Uh, there's a picture of the courgette, but I'm yeah. not sure if it's the courgette. No, I'm pretty sure we'll all know, because I thought, have I got any figure? That is it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I wouldn't... Th- Look, Rob, that gives it away. A, a bomb would have fins, wouldn't it? Those little fins at the end. Right. Let's go back to And also, fuck friend. you, English, written on it. In German. In German, obviously. Let's go back to our friend John Mooner. Okay, who saw a variety of things and instantly, without question... Well, he, would have, yeah, he would have said that was an alien. Yeah, without a doubt. What has ever happened to John Mooner? He's probably been sectioned, right? That's uh, possible. <laughs> Keep going. Incredibly, that, that's a situation that happened to a worried German man who found the item in his garden. Sorry, was this in Germany? Yes. So he thought, why would he be uh, one of our bombs? Uh, doesn't say. Oh, I see. The 81-year-old called police to tell them he had found the bomb at his home in Breton, near Karlsruhe. On arrival, officers found the 40 centimetre, nearly 60-inch courgette. However, in their statement, they did concede it really didn't look like a bomb. Um, the vegetable was a dark colour and weighed a whopping £11. Right. Uh, I, it, guess, I guess the problem is, is that if you wanted to find out what it was, that would involve poking it, and that's probably something you don't want to do. Yeah. I mean, it was an 81-year-old, and there's, there's good chances I saw might be going, and it's in his garden. Can it still be edible? I mean, I'm surprised. It, 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 can it I ask you? date back to the Second World War. He probably grew it. <laughs> oh, right. He might be... No, no, he might be, you know, a bit... Right, hang on a minute, Rob. Because that, that would have biodegraded by now if it was that old. It yeah, looks... You need to get away from the fact that it's not a, it's not a Second World War courgette. <laughs> oh, right. That's the episode title. <laughs> yes. To me, that looks like an aubergine. Are they not one and the same? No, aubergine is an, is an eggplant. Yeah, eggplant. Courgette is completely different. Courgette is the devil's cucumber, isn't it? No. That's what I used to call it growing up because I hated courgette. So I used to call it the devil's cucumber because it looks very like a cucumber but it just isn't as nice. Interesting. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I just missed that line. It's believed it had been thrown over... A... <laughs> it's believed it had been thrown over a hedge in the man's garden. <laughs> Why? Because it looked like a bomb. 
So somebody else found it, you... threw it over into his garden. Or he's being victimised. <laughs> yep. Um, unexploded bombs are regularly found in Germany. Often or he's bought a courgette, buried it in his garden, did, dug it up and did this all because he's desperate for attention. <laughs> I mean, either way, it's tragic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, there's no comments Rob you know you mentioned John Mooner yes would you like an update on of John course Mooner? I would John Mooner appears to have a new website fuck off we're gonna, so I'm going to have to do some exploration for you for next week oh, it's amazing. called the British Earth and Aerial Mysteries Society right okay um, and so I will just read you hang on is this, a new, is this not the, the website he's president of no because that was something else wasn't it this is remember. called Beams B.E. British Earth and Aerial Mysteries Society of course it is yeah. well let's just hear his intro right and then I'll explore the rest of the website for next week. Is that picture I am, of him? I, no. Oh. I am John Mooner, and I am a British ufologist. As well as appearing on Beams quite a bit with my various sightings, I am also the chief photographer for the website you're thinking of, right, okay. worldufophotos.org.uk. My own personal website is ufobuster.yolosite.com, which, which is I'm like visiting a straight ironic... away. Oh, my God. Which Sorry, he has a, I don't understand. This is an ironic title. He's got UFO Buster, so he's dispelling myths about UFOs or UFO sightings. No. I've always been fascinated by the field of UFO of UFOlogy and have been investigating this phenomenon for over two decades. I've witnessed and photographed more UFOs than most people have seen in a lifetime. No shit. <laughs> and also include USOs, unidentified sailing objects, entering and leaving the sea. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, that's not a thing. It is. Entering and leaving the sea off the English coast. Unidentified sailing objects. Yes. I'm convinced on the 17th of October 2016, I was abdu- I was abducted by a Pleiadian type alien woman. He's talking about the Pleiades, the uh, the, the the constellation. Oh, right. Please click these words for full story, which I will, and I shall read that out. <laughs> shall I do that next week? I'll see yeah, how long it is. Please do. I encountered Mothman back in 1993. And ever since, I've been seeing UFOs and different types of alien beings on numerous occasions. I have even encountered strange, in quotes, little people that seem to appear out of nowhere, as well as portals that open up in the sky with strange entities looking out. Back in 2014, I was abducted by a spherical UFO, which I managed to photograph. I lost about 60 minutes of time and hardly remember anything about my ordeal. I told my friends, and they just laughed at me. (laughs) Needless to say, I don't hang around with small-minded people anymore. So he got rid of the friends, Rob, which was his best chance for sanity. I count myself as very fortunate to have had all these encounters and I always look forward to the next one. I am continuing my research into this strange phenomenon and hope to capture even more UFOs, USOs, ghosts and alien photographs. He's oh, moved on to ghosts as well now. The truth of our existence, Rob, may be more shocking than we know or dare to imagine. We are all connected somehow. That much is certain. But it could be that the human race is existing in some type, Rob, of Matrix-type scenario. Because he's the first person to have thought of that, Rob. Yeah. I believe it's likely the Earth has been taken over and we've been placed inside this this generated construct away from our physical body. We may each have to spend a period here in this virtual world until it is our time. Time for what, though? I hate to think. To all those who seek the truth, remember, seek and you will find. The truth, Rob, is still out there. Um, And just quickly, because it is short... Witness statement. Okay. Sorry, a witness statement from him. Right. Hi, Ken. This is his copy of his correspondence. Hi, Ken and Hillary. Please don't laugh at me, but I think I was abducted the other night. (laughs) Sorry. These must have been the friends who said. (laughs) Sorry. Just imagine receiving this email. (laughs) 
I went to bed and I fell straight to sleep because we all know these stories are brilliant. I then woke up and something was wrong. I was in a white room, sitting on the end of a metal table. I was completely naked and the table felt cold to the touch. I was in a state of shock when I realised I was not alone, Rob, in this white room. There was a woman in the corner of the room, just standing there, Rob, looking at me. I went bright red as I was so embarrassed because I was naked and have a very small penis. No, he doesn't. <laughs> then she started to approach me. I could see that she was wearing blue overalls and she was very beautiful. She was blonde. Her hair was blonde and she had beautiful blue eyes. She looked like a plebeian. Because, <laughs> of course, he knows what people from that constellation look like. What's Here's the picture? Artist impression. <laughs> God. I don't think he drew that. It was then that she spoke to me and said, so Rob, this is clearly a dream, right? Okay, right. You know clearly what? a sexual I just dream. Imagine, right? <laughs> right, you know you mentioned these friends. I just imagine one of the friends writing back saying, hi John, and that's called a dream. Hope you're well, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, this goes well. <laughs> it was then that she spoke to me and said, we can't keep doing this. I said, doing what? With that, she pushed me back on the metal table. And she took off her blue overalls. Hang on. This is just... This is literally a sex dream. This is all it is. And she was naked. Obviously. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Rob. Yeah, I I bet you couldn't because I've never seen it before. That's right. She had the perfect body. Her breasts were nice and perky. And I was very aroused by her appearance. He's written this to his mates. This is the best John Moon story ever. She then forced herself on me and we began to make love. She didn't. <laughs> so you know, she began to make love and she said, if, if you make me pregnant, you will have to come back with me. I said, back where? She just smiled. I then blacked out. So he's had this dream. <laughs> Next, I woke up on the bed and thought, what a great dream. All right, Rob. Okay. You laugh on the other side of your face. Fair enough. Good. Then I realised, Rob, I wasn't under the bed covers. I was on top of the bed covers and I thought, that's very odd. I don't remember getting up in the night. <laughs> How could you go, Rob, from being under their bed covers? <laughs> this man's answer to everything that seems irrational to him is aliens, Rob. I don't remember putting the loo roll over there. But it's over there. Aliens! So it's not possible, in the slightest, that this man has been moving in the night. Wait. Oh, I also quickly discovered... That my pajamas were on backwards, and so were my underpants. <laughs> I know for a fact that my clothing was on the right way before I went to bed. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Can this man write a book, Rob? We could, this is. Have you ever heard of anything like this before? This is just bizarre. I'm so embarrassed to tell you this, but I think this really happened to me. This happened on the 17th of October 2016 in Newton Abbott, Devon, England. Rob. All the best, John. <laughs> I mean, also, Rob, it's a very selfish article. He doesn't ask how can letter. What do you think the reply would be? Come on, seriously. I think it would. It would be as I said. I think it'd be. Thanks uh, for getting in contact. Hi, John. Thank you for your email. Um, Please don't write again. <laughs> I think that's what we call a dream. Um, I, I hope your mum as well. All the best. Um, also, right? Uh, is that the best John Mooner story ever that yeah. we just chanced upon? Because you mentioned him today, Rob. 
Alien Interference, Rob, in our podcast. I've just seen, can I just say, I'm, I'm not going to read it now, but I'm going to try and find the story because I've just, it just says, I found an article, it just says, John Mooner says he snapped a ghost Robin Hood complete with, go- with ghostly sword. Can you read it out next oh, week? No, I'm trying to <laughs> Complete, can I tell what I love about that? Complete with ghostly sword. <laughs> Right, that we need to rob. Uh, We're way over time, so I'm going right, to rattle through. Right, okay, yeah, go for it. Um, we, we, um, that's it. That's it. That's it for this podcast. We look. We we move forward, and we look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation, yet trepidation. Eager anticipation, yet trepidation. To our next episode, which should be episode two 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 seven two two seven. Because Rob, I am waiting. You know what I'm waiting for. That in about ten episodes' time, we're going to be at episode two three seven, the number from The Shining, the hotel room. Okay. That'll be a, a special episode, I'm sure. Um, uh, as we move out, so as we move ever more forward, Rob, like uh. a group of cockroaches, a gang of cockroaches, hang on, running off down the street holding somebody's astroturf. Yes, I've yes, combined good, two lovely. stories there, Very just nice. like that. Very we move nice. ever more forward to our next episode, which, as I say, will be episode two two seven, which incidentally is a bus route I used to take a lot as a teenager and, and holds fond memories. Um, uh, we can be found on our website, which is lapodcast.net. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash lapodcast. We're on Twitter at, at lapodcast. If you go to our website, lapodcast.net, you can download... Did I say lapodcast.net earlier? I think I did. Yeah, lapodcast.net. Download all of our previous episodes. But look, go onto iTunes, you know, the podcast app, sorry, on your iPhone or your Android device, whatever you use. Search for LA Podcasts, because you're right, we are on Overcast, we're on all of them, aren't we? Yeah. Search for it, hit subscribe, leave reviews wherever you can. We need you to do this. Go to our YouTube page, search for LA Podcasts. There, our channel will come up. There's some great videos on there. And yeah, just help us out. Leave reviews, subscribe to everything you can. Can I just say, by the way, that it looks like Muna has gone national. What do you mean? This story made the Daily Mail, the Sun, How did we miss Daily it? Star, the so Express, Rob, the Metro. One of us needs to start being a John Mooney monitor. Well, we have a John Mooney monitor. Fuck. A John Mooney... Mooner. Mooner. Mo- oh, I can't say. A John Mooner monitor. Helen, come on. Where is Helen? Uh, well, that's a good question. Oh, she's well. Oh, she's a detective. She's a griddle detective, isn't she? So of course she's- she is. That's right, yeah. She's probably been busy with crime. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. Take care, God bless, and keep it local.